Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Billy Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! Hey, D! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Hello and welcome back to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke, and I'm joined by Doug West. And we are also joined by Shai Brown, host of Believe in Grizzlies. And this is going to be kind of a crossover episode. So depending where you're listening, you're going to hear it on both podcast feeds. But how are, let's start with you, Shai. How are you doing and how are you feeling heading into uh, this first round here? Um, I'm, I'm okay. I'm really excited about the first round because I think it's going to be a good matchup for both teams. And Doug, how's it going for you today? Oh, it's great. Uh, beautiful day out. Um, you know, big win the other night and, uh, we got the playoffs around the corner here. Um, you know, our way on our way to Memphis, uh, for a battle with the Grizzlies. So we're recording this Friday morning. Uh, the Timberwolves, if you are unaware, I'm not sure how you're unaware if you're listening to, listening to this, but <laughs> the Timberwolves played the Clippers on Tuesday night, and it was a fantastic game in that play-in game, secured the eighth seed or the seventh seed instead of having to battle for the eighth seed. So my question for you, Shai, is what was your rooting interest for that, that play-in game, and who were you hoping would come out of that to face the Grizzlies? Did you want it to be the Wolves? Were you hoping for the Clippers? Um, and why were you rooting for a specific team? I really wasn't rooting for a specific team because I felt like the Grizzlies would be good with either. So it really didn't matter because I know that they are going to go out and play hard and do what they have to do to try to win a series. So it, it really didn't matter to me. Doug, for you, obviously you were rooting for the Timberwolves to go to go win that game. And we had kind of talked about this before no matter how good we think the Grizzlies are going against the sun seemed like the worst possible option for the Timberwolves. Um, we haven't talked since the game. What were your just reactions from that game? And how did you feel about what they, you know, how the Timberwolves played the celebration at the end? What did you take from that? A lot of people <laughs> had a problem with that. Um, let's just get the rundown. Cause we haven't <clears throat> talked about it at all. Yeah. Well, you know, first off, uh, Outstanding game, um, you know, uh, outstanding fourth quarter. Uh, I think we outscored them 31 to 20 in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, just defensively, I thought that we really got after it. Um, you know, we were able to keep keep the Clippers in front of us, um, you know, make them take contested contested shots. Um, you know, I think the biggest key of the whole game was uh, our turnovers. Um, 11 turnovers for the game, that's, that's a, a really good, really good number for the Wolves. Um, thus allowing them to get up 83 shots, um, you know, getting some attempts at the basket. Uh, the only down um, of the game, you know, Carl, Cat getting into foul trouble. Uh, you know, he can't be in, you know, four fouls at halftime. Uh, you know, bad fifth foul. And, I mean, his, his fifth foul, I mean, he ran two guys over. And he finally, they finally called it. And his sixth foul, you know, going over someone's back, he just has to, you know, be smarter in that situation. But, you know... Um, <clears throat> D'Angelo and 
and uh, Ant, they were they were tough down the stretch. Uh, you know, Anthony, um, you know, shot after shot, D'Angelo shot after shot. Um, again, hard fought victory. And then you had, you know, our pest, <laughs> yeah. Pat, Pat, Pat Beverly, um, you know, in everyone's head, um, big still at the end, um, you know, very good win. And as I told you, the crowd, man, the six man, the six man was in it. Uh, they were in it the whole game. Um, now we go to the celebration after. Wow. Um, that was, you know, I got a chance to watch all the shows afterwards and see all the, you know, we are the champion highlights and all of that. You know, I, I understand Pat's passion. I'm excitement to win the game, but you know, got to been there, done that, let it go. But you know, that, that celebration cost him 30,000. Yeah. More so the comments in his post game interview <laughs> cost him 30,000. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today and use your mobile device to join and use promo code believe that's B L E A V to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online. It's where the game starts. Um, Shy, I have a question for you because the Timberwolves had their big celebration after winning the play in and we've seen the Grizzlies throughout the entire season just get really high when they're, you know, when they win a big game, um, when they go on a big win streak and they've been known to celebrate too. And I personally haven't had a problem with how the Grizzlies have done it. I honestly didn't have a problem with how the Timberwolves done it. Cause I think you just celebrate how you think is right. But what were your takeaways from that and comparing it to how the Grizzlies have celebrated, you know, throughout their season and the incredible run that they've had this year. Honestly, I think it's dumb that people have a problem with the celebration. Let these guys, they went out there and played hard. Um, Patrick Beverly, you know, it's just like he had, he felt some type of way about, uh his old team trading him and he wanted to beat them. He was emotional. I just think it's dumb to be mad at these guys because they're celebrating. I mean, he know he didn't win a championship, but it felt it's something that he felt, you know, because, Hey, this team didn't want me. I came over here and we beat them and Hey, they might not even make the playoffs. So he felt good about it. Just leave these players alone. Let them be happy because if they don't celebrate, they're not emotional. We question, like, what's wrong with them? So <clears throat> yeah, I just I think get, it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's kind of where I'm with you, too, especially with, with when it comes to Patrick Beverly. I think he, you know, felt wronged by the, the Clippers not paying him. Right. They prioritized other things. And so he wanted to stick it to him, and he did. And he felt, you know, he was happy about that at the end. Right. And I think Anthony Edwards kind of just followed Pat's lead. He's just like, Pat's going to go crazy, so I'm going to go crazy. But it was interesting to see the different types of reactions. Obviously, Carl Anthony Towns' reaction was not crazy because he had a, an awful night. Um, but even D'Angelo Russell was just calm, cool, collected. He was the guy saying, it's not over. Act like we've been here before, that type of thing. And I don't think he was mad at anybody else how they celebrated. But he was just, that's just not who he is because he knows the job's not finished. Um, right. So I didn't have... 
with I'm with you. I didn't have any sort of problem with it, but it is going to look worse <laughs> if if they go out and just don't even give Memphis any trouble. You know, lose every game by 15 points, then it's going to look bad because you celebrated all that and then you didn't show up with energy um, for the first round. Moving, um, I just want to talk about the ten, the four times that the Wolves did match up with the Grizzlies this year. Each team won both of their home games. Uh, so it was a game in Memphis that Memphis won, game in Minnesota, the Wolves won, then back to Memphis, Memphis won, back to Minnesota, Minnesota won. Uh, the first game they played was back in November, so early part of the season. The Wolves were up by 14 points with just five and a half minutes to go. And the Grizzlies came back from that. Uh, all of a sudden, the Grizzlies were up three right at the end. Carl Anthony Towns made a near half-court buzzer beater to send it to overtime. And that time, too, the Wolves celebrated like they won the championship, and it was just going to overtime, and then the Grizzlies smoked them in overtime. Um, What did you, I guess, if you remember back that far, because that was like near the beginning of the season, Shai, what did that game feel like? For you, what does that give you confidence in going into the playoffs that they were able to come back from a game like that and just overall reactions from that first game? Because that was that was one where it didn't feel like the Grizzlies were going to win. And then they they did end up winning that one. That's what I like about this Memphis team is just like it's not over until it's over with them. And they have the ability to come back at any given time, especially when you have John Moran and then you have uh, guys like um, Desmond Bain that can shoot the three. So to, to me, you know, it was a good good game. You know, they shouldn't have been down during that time, but, hey, they came back. But um, I don't think it's going to, be, going to be an indicator in the playoffs because Dylan Brooks, you know, he wasn't playing then, and then Minnesota has gotten better. So that game right there, I just said that throw all four games out the window and just start new because it's, it's just going to be different. It's going to be a dog fight. Doug, you we talked a little bit earlier and you said you didn't you didn't watch that game in particular, but you have read a lot about it. Um, it's been a problem for the Wolves blowing leads in the past years past. But this season, it wasn't really a problem when they had a late lead and they end up blowing it. This particular game was. Um, that game also, John Morant had his best game against the Wolves this season. Uh, what are your just takeaways from that first game? Do you care about those games going forward when it comes to playoffs? What are you, what are you thinking about that? No, I, I, it's, it's, uh, interesting. I mean, you know, they played twice in November, you know, they played in January, then they played in February. Um, I think both teams are totally different now. Um, you know, I, I think you have to throw, everything that happened during the regular season out the window. Um, you know, both of these teams play with, with great pace. I don't think the game's going to be a game of pace. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's going to come down to half court execution. Um, you know, as we, as we know, uh, um, Brooks didn't play Brooks hasn't, he hasn't been involved in these games. I mean, he's, he's a big part of part of their offense. Um, and, and, you know, leads in, in the NBA, Big leads, small. I mean, they're always they always evaporate. Um, you know, you always see these, you know, 20 point lead in the first quarter or someone's winning big at halftime. And then the second half, you know, going into the fourth quarter, last five minutes, we have a tight game. So I, I never really look at the leads, anything like that uh, during these games. 
Um, and especially during the playoffs, I think it's going to come down to who's who's executing, who's making shots and who's not turning the ball over. Um, and, you know, another big thing, you know, Memphis, great rebounding team, um, you know, can't can't allow them to just kill us on the boards. So, you know, we got to make sure that we're doing our part throughout the game here. Yeah. And I don't know how much I can take stock into, like you said, any of these games, both teams are so different. I was looking back in the box, the box score for game one and like Josh Akogi played like 20 something minutes <laughs> and it's just, and I think Torian Prince only played like six, like the rotation's totally different. Yep. Um, they've kind of figured out who they are, how they play back in November for those first two games, the Wolves offense wasn't even humming at that time. Obviously it was in the second game. Uh, Shai, my question for you is we go, I went down and I looked at all four games, um, from the, between these two teams. And I kind of just broke down the stats of the key player, like the best three players on each team. Uh, D'Angelo Russell in the, in the four games, 31 points, three and a half rebounds, seven assists on 56% shooting from two or 56% shooting from the field, 46 from three. Cat was at 23 points, nine rebounds, three assists, 52% shooting. Uh, Ant was at 21 points, uh, three rebounds, four assists. He shot the ball well. For the Grizzlies, Ja didn't hasn't performed very well um, in these games. His first, the best game was the first one when they played back in November. Since then, the other three, he hasn't played so well. Overall, he's scoring 25 or 20 points, five and a half rebounds, six and a half assists but he's only shooting 34% from the field and 15% from three against the wolves. Do you have any concerns heading into this playoff series about how the wolves have guarded him, how he's performed against specific defenders that the wolves can throw at him and how that would look going into this playoff series when the wolves can even try to game plan against him um, for a longer stretch of time, not just individual matchups throughout the season. Before I answer that question, could you name like the the other two top players of Memphis during the series? I uh, I put Desmond Bain. I just base it off of who um, I think are the best three. I had Ja Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. Bain um, also seventeen points per game, forty um, percent from the field, twenty six percent from three. Which I don't think that's going to hold up because he's a much better shooter than that. And then Jaron Jackson Jr. had seventeen points seven rebounds, and then he shot 44% from the field and 40% from three. Okay, so like with Ja, um, I think that he's going to figure it out. Because, you know, I, I know they played himself, but I always go back to the last game that the Wolves won in Minnesota. Ja basically put the team on his back in that fourth quarter on one leg, and he was getting whatever he wants. And then in his mindset, he knows that, he got to do what he got to do. And then, like, in practice the other day, he was saying that he really didn't matter. He said he he get no points. But if he helps his team win by passing the ball and have anybody else to shoot, he was like, he good with that. He was like, it don't matter. But I know he's going to put forth the effort and try to do his best against that defense. Yeah, and I, I agree with that, too. Um, so let's talk about Ja and how he's being guarded. Uh, there's a... I think it was a piece on the athletic and it was like an anonymous scout was saying that he didn't know who the Timberwolves would have play defense on John. I just want to get your perspective on that, Doug, who do you think should be the primary <laughs> defender on this Wolves team? Cause there's different options that provide you different things against him, but who do you think should be the main matchup as, as this series goes on? 
Well, I think the main matchup is going to be Pat, uh, Pat Beverly. Um, he's, I, I, I see Pat guarding him. Um, you know, I see them possibly putting um, McDaniels on him a little bit, you know, you know, being able to use his size um, to disrupt him a little bit. Um, I see them, you know, being physical with him. Um, you know, I'm sure Ant's going to get on him a little bit as well. Um, you know, so I think there's going to be multiple matchups there, but I think when it comes down to it, crunch time, it'll be Pat. Yeah, I think I just remember back to the one game. I think it was, I don't remember which game it was, but, but uh, Ant did have some good stretches against him and we've seen Ant play really good defense against star players. It seems like he wakes up for those types of matchups. So I'll be interested to see. But at the same time, I don't know if it's going to matter all too much. I think Jaw's still going to perform really well. The Wolves just have to try to mitigate that um, as much as they possibly can. Um, but he's going to be the big, the big thing there. Shai, you I, mentioned I, er- – oh, no, go for it. I think, I think, I think um, we got to really pay attention to Brooks. Dylan Brooks is <laughs> – he's Exactly. He's, he, he's the real deal, man. He, he hasn't played in this series. And uh, I think that's – you know, we can't let – you can't let that go. You know, he's he is a scorer. He's been a scorer um, his whole time in the league. Um, he's a very good distributor. Um, he can get to the basket. He can shoot the ball. Um, I think he's going to be a key to this to this series. Yeah, I that's where I was going. That's what the next point I was going to talk about. Shy Dylan Brooks didn't play in this um, in these four games at all this year. He never faced the Wolves. Um, I think other than that, the Wolves have been really healthy. So like their team has pretty much been the same for all four games. I think that maybe Stephen Adams and maybe like DeAnthony Melton missed a game too for the Grizzlies. But like we said, Brooks didn't play at all. I saw a stat on Twitter that said it pulled out Dylan Brooks stats against the Timberwolves. The last six times he's matched up over the last two years before this year, he's averaging 20 points per game, shooting 45% from the field and 58.6% from three. Um, and he's won all six games. So I remember two years ago, Dylan Brooks, every single time the Wolves played, killed them. He scored 31 points the first time they matched up, 26 points the next time, 28 points the third time. But last year, he wasn't as big a factor on offense. Nine points the first time last year, 12 points the second time, 16 the third time. But that's not really where his value comes in. If you get offense like that from like the 2019 20 season against the wolves that's gravy but if you get the defense he provides that's the key to it is that would that be an accurate um breakdown of his value to the grizzlies yes he's good defensively but he also good at the half court with the half court offense you know he shoots his jumpers um within the mid-range and everything and then like i think that's what that's going to be the key for the grizzlies in the playoff you know, some you know, like sometimes the half court is not there. I think uh, Dylan is the key to them because, like, like I said, they struggle with the in their half court offense, and then he could uh, you know shoot them at range. Um, he go he he has a good ability to finish at the rim, and that's really going to be good for them. Yeah, and I think that was the biggest thing for me was knowing that. Memphis does struggle a lot with their hot, their half court offense, but they're just really good in transition. The wolves also like to play fast. They have the number one pace. Uh, the Grizzlies have the number four pace over the course of the entire season. And it seems like when you think about playoff basketball, you think about it slows down. They really get in half court sets. 
I don't know how much that's going to, I'm really interested, I should say, to see how much that happens for these two specific teams in this playoff series, how much they're actually going to slow down their pace and get into the half court. And I think the more they do it, even if Dylan Brooks does help the Grizzlies in half court, I think that gives the Wolves a better chance because over the second half of the year, the Timberwolves have been one of the best half court offenses in the entire league and just one of the best off fences in general. Doug, how do you feel this series is going to go? Is it going to slow down or are these two fast paced young teams going to keep that pace sky high for this whole four between four and seven games in this series? I think they're going to try to keep it sky high, but I just feel playoff basketball doesn't allow it. It just doesn't allow it to happen. Um, you know, everyone, every team you ever look at in the, in the history of it, you know, once you get into the playoffs, the, the whole game just changes, um, you know, because there's, there's such a premium set on possessions. So now if you can get out and you're getting, you know, fast breaks and you're getting layups, that's, 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 a, that's different than if you're just trying to push the ball and getting up, getting up quick shots. Um, I think we want to make they're, the teams want to make sure they're taking very good shots and uh, making sure they're making the other team play a little bit of defense. Shai, do you think this is going to slow down or do you think that the, uh, the pace is going to, stay so high in this series? Well, I think it'd probably be high in spurts, but not, like, the whole game. Because, yeah. like, you know, it slows down, you know, dramatic, dramatically. But, um, and then it just, like, it It all depends on if the, the Grizzlies' ability to have, to make, to uh, cause turnovers. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's been the Timberwolves thing all year, too, is if you're causing turnovers, your defense is a lot better. And it leads to a lot of transition points. Um, but now the Timberwolves have been able to do better in the half court. Uh, but the defense hasn't been causing as many turnovers and they haven't been as good on that, that side of the ball. Are you paying down old credit card debt? A personal loan might just be the best solution for you. Loans usually come with fixed monthly payments, which makes them a simple way to help pay off your credit cards. Plus, loans usually have lower interest rates than credit cards do. And Credit Karma can help you find the best app option for you. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offers that are personalized for you so you can have a better idea what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you your chances of approval so you can choose between loan offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100% free, won't affect your credit scores, and it could save you money. Ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personal offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. Uh, we talked about Dylan Brooks I think, already. I, go for it, Doug. I just, I just wanted to say, you know, we talked about the, uh, the, the Timberwolves crowd um, last week. Um, Memphis has <laughs> watching those games on TV. They have, they have a serious six yeah. man there too. Um, right. so, you know, that it's, it's really, it's really important to keep that crowd out of that game. And you, you gotta, you, you really gotta try to keep the crowd out of the game. Because this is like in the playoffs, it's just like, it's a whole different animal here, <laughs> a whole different animal. Because like, I remember, um, when, um, doing the green and grime days, I think the greases were down and like in the fourth quarter, the crowd stood up and raised their um, the Believe in Memphis uh, towels, oh, round huh? towels, <laughs> and the Grizzlies won that game. 
I mean, it's just it's just different, especially and when they start playing whoop that shit. It's I mean, <laughs> it's wow. You can't hear. It's 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 it's, it's going to be unbelievable. Deafening, huh? It's going to be unbelievable. I am excited. I wish I could go and experience a game, a playoff game in Memphis too. I'll go. I'm been. I'm going to be attending game three and four. Not as media. I'm just going to sit in the nosebleeds just to watch and experience it. Um, but I'm just excited to see what like the playoff atmosphere is like. And I, I would really like to go see it in both places to compare them because you can only get so much through TV. Obviously, on Tuesday night, you could feel the energy, but it's hard to compare that energy with another high energy arena um, just through like the TV. So I'm I'm excited to to see what it's like, but I'm, there's going to be no experience like actually going down to Memphis and, and trying it out. And I know there's going to be some, some Wolves people down there that do that. So it should be a ton of fun to see what these crowds can do. Um, I want to go back to Dylan Brooks and his defense a little bit. Do you think Dylan Brooks will be the primary matchup on Anthony Edwards? And how much do you think he can slow him down? Both of you can, can answer this. One of you go first. Um, I don't think he's going to be the, I think it's, he's going to switch between, um, D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards, because it's just like, you just can't, you have to guard both of them. Right. And I don't, I don't know. Um, it, it's hard to tell. Cause I don't know who coach is going to have on either, but it's just like, I'm, you know, I should, we should be wor- more worried about those two than we are Patrick, Patrick Bevan. Who is the uh, – so, say, if you're trying to get two primary wing defenders on D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards, who are the two guys you you would say would be the best bets? Do You don't have to tell me who goes on who, but just who are your top two wing defenders you're thinking you'd throw at Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell when they're both on the court? Oh, man, that's hard. Um, I know Dylan won. Um, I don't know. I mean, Desmond Bain, but, you know, he's, right. you know, he's, that's a big dude, but uh, I don't know if he'll be able to stay in front of, front of them. So I'm not sure. And then sometimes they switch and they will have, probably will have Jaron Jackson Jr. on one of them. Right. I, I, I just don't know. It's, I think that, it's, it's all interesting because I was looking at possible matchups uh, this morning and, you know, I, I just don't see Steven Adams guarding Cat. Um, so you might have Jaron Jackson on cat, Steven Adams on Vanderbilt, um, you know, Jaw and Beverly together. Um, so then you go Edwards and Edwards and Brooks and Bain and Russell. Um, I think that that, that looks like some. I think there's going to be some cross matching. Uh, well, yeah, that's definitely going to happen. Sure. Yeah. Yes. For I sure. think, I think, I guess I don't know for sure. I'm assuming Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. will start next to each yes. other. Yeah. So I actually think that Steven Adams will guard cat and they'll put Jackson on Vanderbilt and kind of try to do the Clippers thing and, and help keep off, Jackson. I'll help off him. Yes. Because right. Jaron Jackson jr. Is a really good, you know, yes. weak side shot blocker. Um, and I mean, the, the key to it is going to be, if they do do that, cat's going to have to try to get Steven Adams going backwards and then shoot more or pass out of those double teams faster and get lower on the block to pass out of them. 
So he has his teammates have more space. That's going to be really interesting because we've seen Carl Anthony Towns do a lot of damage against Steven Adams when they try to guard him one-on-one and even Jaron Jackson Jr. One-on-one cats, pretty unguardable one-on-one, but when you send the double and you have the, the guy lurking around the rim, that's when it gets really tough for him and the whole Tim Rose team. So I'm excited to see how Taylor Jenkins approaches that because that could, that, I mean, that could be one of the most impactful things is how much they can limit Carl Anthony Towns. I have a question for you. Um, how do you think the benches are going to fare out, fare, hmm. fare in the play, playoffs? You said because the, I, the, benches? the benches. Yes, because I think that the bench, the Grizzlies bench, might be the X factor to me in my estimation. I yeah. agree. I, that's a, that's a good. The that's Wolves good bench has there. also been <laughs> real. The Wolves bench has been good. Also, um, they have a the the bench for the Wolves is really interesting. They have guys like. Torian Prince and Malik Beasley that can knock down threes. So if Malik Beasley is um, playing really well, shooting the ball really well, it's going to be tough to stop him. Um, Torian Prince also can knock down open shots. It'll be interesting to see where Chris Finch goes with his bench and how tight his rotation is too. And who gets knocked out of that. Jalen Noel is an incredible scorer, but I don't know how much he's going to play. Jordan McLaughlin keeps the pace up and keeps things moving. Um, I think the biggest X factor on the Wolves bench, besides if Prince and Beasley are hitting three, is is probably Nas Reed and how much he's able to capitalize um, on offense and how much the Wolves can limit his poor defense. But again, for the Grizzlies, they have a solid bench too. Tyus Jones is a beast. We, I mean, Timberwolves fans know that. He doesn't turn the ball over and... He's just really impactful. He impacts winning at a higher level than I think people really realize. So I don't know. I think that the bench is going to be, I think the starting lineups are pretty not, they're not similar in the style of play, but I think just like I could see either one being having the better night and it's really going to come down to which bench can sustain that. So I would say that's probably a good estimation saying that benches are going to be the X factor. In this yeah, month. because like yeah, you, you, not only do you have Tyus Jones, you got the Anthony Milton. Yeah, I mean, there's a handful of guys. Brandon Clark, Clark, even, Clark. even even John Conchar. I mean, one game he had like 17 rebounds against. Yeah, we don't forget the that. Wolves. Yeah, yeah so. <laughs> we remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, so, the bench is the bench is strong. The bench the bench is really strong in Memphis. Uh, yeah, for and, sure. And th- and those guys love to play together, man. So and, you know, that, I mean, it's, and it's uh, it's unbelievable because like if you look at the game uh, with Phoenix, Phoenix had all their guys, Dylan Brooks and bench the bench squad beat Phoenix, and I was like, to me, that was like the best game of the season because it was just like you seen some amazing things from this team. But for them to go beat Phoenix, I was like in awe. One starter and then the bits, <laughs> I was just like, wow. So this team, man, this team. <laughs> I am excited to see this series just go down. Um, like you said, there's a lot of exciting players. Brandon Clark is someone that I rem- – like he's destroyed the Wolves a few times single-handedly himself just by catching lobs. So I don't know how this is going to go, but I think it's going to be really interesting to see 
the game planning aspect. We haven't seen how Chris Finch does in a series game planning for opponents. Uh, we saw it last year a little bit with Taylor Jenkins. I'm just excited to see how they do it and like what tricks they pull out of their sleeves and, and all of that, because I mean, pretty inex- two inexperienced teams when it comes to playoffs, like each team has one guy that has a ton of experience. It's Pat Bev and Steven Adams. And then a bunch of guys that have like a handful or less, you know, job played five games for the Timberwolves cat and D'Lo have played five games in the playoffs. And then you got Anthony Edwards, who's never stepped foot on a playoff court. Um, and I think judging by just knowing Anthony Edwards over the last two seasons, Anthony Edwards, I think is going to be a playoff player. I think he's just wired like that, that he wakes up for the big games. So I'm excited to see how that happens. But I also think John Morant is the same thing. And those two are actually really close too. That's an exciting just aspect of like, I mean, they just, they have like the, that commercial that just came out where they have like the dunk off with the Popeye's chicken tenders. (laughs) Like they just, I just think those two are two of the most electric players in the league. And I think they're both going to wake up for a playoff series. And I just couldn't be more excited to see how that ends up going. Oh, totally agree. Um, Two exciting players, uh, both play above the rim. Um, You know, both uh, play fearless. Um, They get after it on both ends of the court. So it is going to be an exciting game. Um, And two young teams, I think it's going to be an exciting series. Um, Really can't wait for it. Yes, it it really is going to be exciting. And I think Dylan Brooks is another player that gets up for the playoffs. You know, like last season, he went out of his mind, you know, even though they lost the series. But losing that series, they say, helped them with the season. Mm -hmm. And then they know that work is not done. They got the two C. They know the work is not done. So they're going to be prepared and ready to go. So do either of you have any last last minute things to add? Otherwise, I want to talk about our predictions or expected outcomes for this series here. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. So, so obviously, every series in the playoffs, seven game series, if you need it. Um, what do you think? Let's start with you, Doug. Where are you at with this series? <laughs> I want to get your expert opinion. Wolves in four, or what? What do you? How you lean in on this one? Um, you know, as much as I would love to pick the Wolves in four, I'm going to go with the Grizzlies in six. Grizzlies in six, uh, hard-fought series. Um, you know, it's, but it's it's really going to be important for for Minnesota to, to keep that home court advantage. Um, but I just feel this may be Memphis's Memphis's time. Shai, where are you sitting on this series and how confident are you in your Grizzlies? Um, I say Grizzlies in five or six. I um, think no, go ahead. Sorry. I, yeah, I think Grizzlies in five or six. Um, I don't think it's gonna be a sweep. I think Minnesota, you know, will get one or two games. But I just, you know, if it does go to seven, I think it still plays out for Memphis. I agree with. I agree with that last sentence you just said. I would love to, like I said, I would love to pick the Timberwolves. I think I'm going Timberwolves in six, or excuse me, Grizzlies in six or seven. Um, If I had a gun to my head, I'd probably say uh, Grizzlies in six. I think the Wolves will get two of them, um, maybe just grab their two home games. But they just, I think this is the Wolves' best matchup outside of like, I think maybe Utah and Denver, but of the top like four teams, this is the Wolves' best matchup just by how the teams are constructed, not because I think 
the Grizzlies aren't a way better team than the Wolves. I just think the matchup is the most beneficial, which I like because I think it will give the Timberwolves confidence. Even if they lose this series in five or six games, it'll give them the confidence going into next season that they at least put some sort of scare into the two seed. They played well. And if they add some pieces, they could be right back into the playoffs, not have to go through the play in next year and, and try to do something. But I, I'm not confident enough in, in the Timberwolves to say that they're going to win this series. Yeah. I think I'd take Grizzlies in six. I think the Grizzlies are too confident, too good. And I think that they're just going to show up for this one. Totally agree. Um, I think they're just too good. They're, they're too good and uh, playing with a lot of confidence um, and, you know, they're looking for the steps. They're, they're trying to get to the championship. They're, they have been focused all season. I mean, really, really focused because it's just like guys in and out of the lineups and they still have been finding ways to win. Right. Very yeah. true. And that's, that shows to me, that's like a big sign for if your team is a good team is if you can win when, when guys are out, I just hope at the end of the day, I don't want to pin these two franchises against each other. As much as I like a good rivalry, I like mm-hmm. the Grizzlies too much to have their fans hating the Timberwolves and have the Timberwolves fans hating the Grizzlies. So I don't want that to happen because I like young and exciting teams. So if the Grizzlies do knock the Timberwolves out, I'm rooting for them going forward because I do not want uh, there to be bad blood between them. I like a good, like I said, I like a good rivalry. Yeah, the rivalry's not, good. I don't yeah. want this to be a, uh, I don't want people going at each other's necks because I, I like the, I love the Grizzlies. I love John Moran. I love Jaron Jackson Jr. So I, I just don't want there to be bad blood, but there probably will be bad blood. <laughs> oh, you already, you already know it will be. Yeah. <laughs> look, look it, at your, be, your tweet. It'll all be in fun. It'll look all at be your fun. tweet you put out yesterday. They, and you were joking and they was like <laughs> on your head, man. I was yeah. like, I feel bad for you. It's okay. I, uh, <laughs> I knew that would do something, but it's, it's all, it's all fun. So, but yeah, I'm excited for this game. Um, thank you shy for going. All right. Our zoom's going to end here in like 30 seconds. So oh, that is what's counting us down. I saw yeah, something I, counting down there. <laughs> when you have more than two people, it's only gives you 40 minutes, but it's probably good. Then it limits my, my talking, but thank you again for, for joining us and good luck this series. I hope, uh, nothing but health for both teams is a big thing for me too. I don't want to see anybody go down. Um, but anyways, thank you all for listening. This has been the Believe in Timberwolves slash Believe in Grizzlies podcast uh, presented by Bet Online. Um, I will be back. Me and Doug will probably be back soon. Shy, I'm sure you'll let them know when you'll be back as well. We'll be back soon. I think probably tomorrow. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube